Hey, Daylighters, this is going to be a very weird sermon, and I'm going to try to keep it brief because I know a captive audience at a theater is different than people sitting in front of computers at home. And so I wanted to just kind of summarize what we were going to talk about Sunday, and, and I hope you guys are having a good relaxing day of, uh, what are they calling it, personal distance or something like that. Uh, we're celebrating Palm Sunday, and we've been doing a series on the Lent season. And last week we talked about Ash Wednesday and Lent and what Lent means, and, and we finally decided that Lent, or at least talked about how Lent is not a time for trying to get right, but it's a time for recognizing that we're not right, and that that's a, that's a right place to be, that kind of contrition and repentance and humbling ourselves before God is, is a solid place to be. And this week, I want to talk about the path. So we talked about the path of the penitent last week, and I want to talk about the path of the powerful this week and talk about Palm Sunday. And uh, there's a there's a movie clip that I was going to show uh, from the movie Schindler's List. And in Schindler's List, a, a Nazi commander is talking to Oscar Schindler, the main character. And uh, they're talking about what power is and, and where it comes from. And, and the Nazi commander says power is control, that when you can control someone, you have power. And, and Oscar kind of subtly in, introduces the idea that no, power is mercy that when you have the ability and the authority to hurt someone and you don't, that that's legitimate power. And uh, the, the clip plays out where the Nazi commander walks into his bathroom and there's, there's a little Jewish boy that's been cleaning his toilet, or not his toilet, his bathtub and can't get it quite clean. And, and he confesses this to the Nazi commander and, and uh, the Nazi commander says, I pardon you. And is just very, very pleased with himself that he has the power to pardon this, this little Jewish boy. And, and uh, Watching that clip brings up the, the question of what does it mean to be powerful? Uh, is, is power being able to conquer your enemies at all times and, and to display your strength? Or is there something legitimately powerful about laying down your rights and your, your privileges and your opinions and that sort of thing? And, and Palm Sunday starts uh, with Jesus riding into Jerusalem. And in a lot of Bibles, it will call it the, triumphant, uh, the triumphal entry, uh, meaning he's coming in in triumph. And... And the story starts off with Jesus telling a couple of his disciples to go get a donkey. Uh, there's, he says, you'll go to this particular house in this particular place, and there'll be a donkey there, and, and untie it and bring it to me. And if anybody asks you why you need it, just tell them the Lord has need of it. And they do that, and the donkey's right where he said it would be, and, and they take the donkey, and Jesus gets on it, and he rides into Jerusalem. And, and lots of people meet him there, and they're super excited about him coming, and they, they, they tear down palm branches, which is a, a kind of a Roman sign of victory, uh, and they lay both their, their clothing and their cloaks at the feet of Jesus and, and lay these palm branches down, and that's where Palm Sunday comes from, and they're, they're yelling, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, uh, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, and Hosanna to the Son of David, and it's a big celebration that kind of resembles the victory march of a Roman, a Roman general or a Roman conqueror when the Romans would go out and conquer other lands. And uh, the difference is he's riding a donkey and not a war horse. And it's something, it's something uh, subtle, subtle but important is that Jesus was coming in. Uh, he, he knew what was happening because he asked for the donkey. He rode the donkey in intentionally, and he knew that people were basically going to yell out that he was the Messiah, he was the Savior of the Jews. And, and uh, the idea was that he was going to come in and conquer the Romans and defeat them finally, and that he would be their king, and they were celebrating that. And the, the word Hosanna has really interesting implications because it, it originally in, in the Hebrew means basically save us uh, or save yes, uh, salvation. And it, it morphed over time and, and evolved to kind of mean you are the Savior. And so when they're yelling 
Hosanna, Hosanna to you, Hosanna in the highest. They're, they're yelling, you are the Savior, you're the Savior. They're recognizing that he's the Messiah. And the question is, so, so to really understand Palm Sunday, it, you have to look forward. You can't really understand what happened on that day. If you just view it as a celebration of the Messiah, then you might be stuck with this idea that, that Jesus meant to come in and beat everybody up, and that's not what eventually happens. And what we see is the, the path of power in Jesus and, and the road that he goes down. And what that turns into for Jesus is basically a path of suffering. It's a path of laying it down. Um, his, he's, he's beaten in the face. He, uh, his beard is ripped out by hand. And if you've ever had a, if you have a beard and you ever pulled some of those hairs, there's nothing fun about that. And they, they took a crown of thorns and stuck it on his head and ripped him to shreds to, to where he was, he was beaten so badly with a cat of nine tails that he was unrecognizable. Um, and then he was crucified and it was a terrible, terrible way to die. Crucified naked in front of people and, uh, just brutalized. And that, that was his victory. So Palm Sunday, they're yelling, you are the victor, you are the victor. But then in the following days, we get to see what that victory looks like. And that victory was a victory of letting oneself go and letting go of power and not claiming rights and not claiming uh, what he, he could have held. There's, there's a story earlier in the uh, Garden of Gethsemane where Peter pulls out his sword and tries to fight off the uh, the, the soldiers that are coming to take him. And Jesus says, Peter, don't you know that, uh, he says, I could, I could call a legions of angels and, and be protected, but I'm not going to do that. And so the scriptures indicate that, that Jesus could have defended himself pretty easily, and he didn't defend himself. The, the path of power was a path of, of laying down. And it gets super complicated because we learn things like from Jesus that turning the other cheek is important. And Turning the other cheek begs questions like, you know, what if people had never stood up against slavery or, or for women's rights or stood up against bullies? And, you know, is violence never the ideal? And, and so forth. And what we find where Jesus is concerned that, that Jesus stood up for something. Jesus stood up for a lot. Uh, he was a victor. He was a king. So it wasn't, it wasn't the heart behind doing something against wickedness or doing something against evil. It was about the the practicalities of that. What does that look like? And it wasn't smiting his opponents and it wasn't breaking them down. It wasn't standing up and putting his palm in their face and saying, uh, uh-uh, you won't talk to me that way. It was, it was something different. And so, so what we learn from it is first off that triumph doesn't always look like what you think it ought to look like. Um, we, we tend to have this mentality in, in Western Christianity that, that victory always looks looks like success and we define success as like human thriving or everything's going the way we planned or everything is great and that's that that wasn't the way uh, the cross played out there it, it was the plan but it, it wasn't what people would normally say was successful and and it was it was terrible so a lot of times we think if if things are terrible that that we must not be we must not be triumphing and the cross shows that that's that's just not true. Uh, sometimes triumph occurs in laying yourself down and, and suffering and suffering for another. And uh, it also, like I mentioned before, talks about uh, turning the other cheek and how Jesus obviously meant that. And it wasn't just an axiom that God gave us and said, here, go do this, but he lived it out in front of us. Um, turning the other cheek, I, I wrote this down. It, it wasn't something God said. It's messy and it's ugly and it's hard, and no, we want to we want to paint it as some pious thing that Jesus instigated and comes easy. 
but it doesn't. Turning the other cheek is, is always hard, and, and it always leaves questions. Uh, in this particular case, the question would be, why did you leave the Romans in charge? Why did you continue allowing this wickedness to happen? And, and it's because there was a long-term, bigger kingdom being fought for than just the temporary stuff that we hold on to now. And, and then I also want to point out that when we talk about Jesus, we're, we're talking about the, the, the king. The king of kings is how, how Scripture describes him. And we're talking about the one who uh, lived out the highest ideals. And, and the highest ideal, any, anyone can rage. Anyone can lash out. Anyone can fight back. Anyone can try to hurt the people that hurt them. But Jesus showed some of the highest ideals in laying his life down in, in courage, uh, in heroism, in endurance, in perseverance, and ultimately in love. That was, that was what Jesus showed, and that, that is where real power comes from. So the path of Palm Sunday is the path of the powerful. Uh, when, when they were yelling, Hosanna in the highest, salvation has come, they really didn't know what they were talking about. They, they thought it meant... Uh, he was going to come and kick butt, and that's not what he did. He came and laid down. Um, so what, is this, what does this really tell us about our actions and how we should be? And, and it, it shows up everywhere. It shows up in the marketplace. You know, when, when people are jockeying and vying for, for position in jobs and trying to climb the corporate ladder, it shows up in the, in the toilet paper aisles at, at Kroger right now is, you know, you got, you got three rolls of toilet paper left. How many of them do you take? And, uh, it shows up when the government makes mandates that we don't agree with. It shows up when your neighbor drives through your yard and, and leaves ruts in your yard. Um, you know, all of, all of these are situations where we can, we can live to be the conquering hero in that we win, that we, uh, we are victorious in a, like a worldly sense where we get what we want, or we can take these opportunities to lay ourselves down and, and give up our rights and give up our lives for others. And again, I don't want to pretend this isn't complicated. There are times to take a stand, and, and in my opinion, there's probably times to physically take a stand. I, I don't think violence is always off the table for believers, uh, but I don't think it meets God's ideals. And so it's this, it's this complicated, very tricky thing of letting the cross be our example of standing up for something and being willing to give our lives for something, to, to, to violently surrender for uh, what we believe in and what's important. But it's, it's the question of how is that appropriated in our lives? How do, how do we work it out? And we work it out differently than, than if Jesus had never set the example. We, we don't fight for ourselves, we fight for everybody else. We don't fight for ourselves, but we, we give ourselves to God and let him do what he wants to do. Uh, somewhere attached to either the email or the Facebook post that you got to see this video on a Sunday morning. We're going to link another video that, that talks about Palm Sunday and what Palm Sunday meant. And uh, I wrote down one of the quotes. It says it was there, being, meaning the cross, that he would show how he would answer both crowds. So there was the Hosanna crowd saying, save us, and crying for saving us. And then it says there was the crowd incessantly screaming crucify and, and it was at the cross that Jesus it says he would he would say no to neither request so he didn't he didn't deny the hosanna and he didn't deny the crucifixion but he said yes to both and somehow in saying yes to both that's where victory was and so it comes down to Jesus knew who he was fully he uh he believed in himself he he knew how powerful he was he knew what rights he had and he still laid his life down. And that's, that's where it comes down to, for, what it comes down to for the believer is that we know who we are. We're, we're children of God. We're, 
we're the beloved of God, we're sons and daughters of, of the creator of the universe. And, but that doesn't make us better than anybody else, more worthy than anyone else. Uh, it, it, gives us, it gives us somehow the power and the grace to lay down our lives for others and thus fulfill God's desire for our lives. So I pray on this Sunday morning that you are blessed, that uh, this is a relaxing time for you, a time of rest, and that God is showing you, first off, that you are special. You are the Hosanna child. Um, you are, you are the, the son of the king. But also that as sons and daughters of the king, uh, that we have this unique responsibility and power to lay down our lives for others and to give ourselves for the betterment and for thriving of others and so that they will know God. Pray for you guys. Love you. Hope you have a great weekend. And uh, pray for our country and the world that, that God will bless and show up. And even in the middle of strife and difficulty, that, that his kingdom will come. Love you. Bye.